0: There you can listen to or download educational programs related to all aspects of our divine faith, and you can review our schedule of upcoming events. We hope you can join us in person. The handout reference during this presentation is available for download on the audio section of our website.
1: Raise your glass of wine to the resurrection. Christ is risen. Indeed, he is risen. We're going to talk a little bit about that back and forth. That's our prayer tonight. Christ is risen. You got a glass of wine. We enjoy ourselves during this Paschal season. So this this program makes be totally different than our normal Institute programs, although similar in some ways to what we've been doing leading up to Easter. And this program is designed as an opportunity to kind of welcome you in to what we're going to be doing during this Easter or Paschal season, this time of the resurrection, and I got to turn my barbecue up to high because I want to be all put on my, my meat and get it all nice, because we're going to be cooking tonight, we're going to be having some wine, and we're going to be talking about the faith, okay? So, so uh, we wanted, we're going to try to talk about three things tonight. The first thing is by way of introduction a little bit about the situation we find ourselves in uh, during, you know, COVID, and kind of how we respond to that as a church. So, you know, what, what is the proper Catholic response to the situation we, fi- situation we find ourselves in? Unfortunately, as far as I'm concerned, we're not really doing a great job as a church community responding. I think we can do better. That's the point. It's Not a way of condemnation, but a, a, an invitation to say, hey, what are the opportunities there before us? Because whenever there is an evil, there's an opportunity for God's love to transform that evil into a good. Okay, and 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 I just placed before you the image of the cross. I'm going to come back to that in a few minutes, and then we're going to talk. Uh, really, the heart of the matter that we're going to t- be talking about tonight is keeping the feast, which we're not good at as a church, to be honest with you. So, if there's any of our Protestant brothers and sisters in here, we're kind of having like a in an internal family discussion tonight. Okay, um, <laughs> kind of Father Hezekiah style with some with some meat, some uh, some wine. I've got some. Um, skewered, uh, look at this. We got our grill going here. See the grill? Okay. And then I got my, look at this. Oh, look at that. Now that <laughs> is, that's a skewer of meat. Am I right?
2: Yeah. yeah. That's a
1: kebab. So that's what we're going to be doing tonight. We, we got some, some steak kebab and things like that because I've got a few opening thoughts and remarks. So, all right. That's how we're going to do it. We're going to be very kind of informal tonight, guys, and just trying to, to have a little bit of fun. But kind of formation fun, you know, because we want to grow in the faith together. The first thing I want to kind of talk about um, in this—what this, do we got? The title is "Keeping the Feast: Celebrating the Resurrection through the Paschal Season." I got my notes here, so if I look over here, that's why. <laughs> I'm in my old age; I can't remember uh, all my notes, so it's all—it's all here. I want to talk with you, share with you some ideas about how to continue to celebrate this Paschal season, certainly in terms of the present crisis that we face. Okay. And I want to begin tonight with a sign that is flashing all over your memory and mind, driving down the freeway, walking into the grocery store, on the shelves of the grocery store, everywhere you go, it says practice social distancing. Okay? Am I right? Six feet minimum. I've said this before, but for those that have not heard me, I'm going to repeat it again. I reject social distancing as a sign of the Antichrist, okay? And I'm serious about that. We are made to be socially close. And social distancing is not acceptable to a Christian. Physical distancing may be required for the sake of health. I can understand that. But social distancing never, okay? We must reject it because we are made in the image and likeness of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who lives in a communion of persons, and therefore God made us in his image and likeness for a relationship with one another. That's why he made marriage, right, John and Michelle. He made marriage in this relationship so that in your love for one another, you could manifest the love of God and be a revelation of that love to the world. This is why friendship exists, right, Tom? You and I are friends okay? Um, this, this relationship of ours is meant to manifest that reality. Families are designed by God, created by God for this, this, uh, this revelation of who God is. We cannot, as Christians, ever allow that division. This is why the devil is in charge of divorce, contraception, you name it. All of the attacks today are attacks upon relationships, because if the, if the devil can can destroy the relation. he break the relationship, then he breaks the image and likeness of God on earth. Does that make sense? So as Christians, we cannot ever accept this. And I think we have uh, maybe made a little bit of a misstep, or I, I see some people doing this, and that is to try to get along with the situation we find ourselves in during the lockdown. We cannot get along with it. Okay, now don't. I'm not saying anything about physical distancing right now okay but i don't get along with evil we confront it and we destroy it with the love of god yes we don't get along with it be okay i'm okay with it no i'm to say well we have to be okay with it no we're not okay with it okay <laughs> we have to confront it and destroy it um we have to medicate in a sense in this situation we have to work to heal and to grow through and beyond it. Okay, We have to, in a sense, reverse the evil taking place. I think about the cross of Christ, and I think this is an important catechetical or theological point. A lot of people, I think, misunderstand, or at least they, they don't keep in their perspective the nature of the cross, or the nature of the crucifixion. It is always important that we remember that the cross is a symbol of evil and of the murder of Jesus. They murdered him. Let's be honest. They murdered an innocent man who is the incarnate God, like the greatest of all evils. Okay. So the salvific work of the cross is not what they did to him, which is what I think most people think, but what he did with what they did to him, that in the midst of this most horrific evil, he filled it with his love and transformed and destroyed the power of evil in the midst of the evil, by confronting it, not by getting along with it, but by destroying it with his forgiveness and his love in the, in, the, in the deepest, worst possible place, okay? And this is what we're called to do as Christians, to kind of love through this crisis. So the biggest question we should be asking ourselves as Catholics is, how do we grow as Christians, how do we grow as a church, during this time of crisis okay a lot of organizations have have been live streaming okay <laughs> i want to be very careful this is not a condemnation of anyone or a condemnation of what people are doing but the institute has taken a, a, a fundamentally different approach during this time and i i'm mentioning this not to kind of tout the institute but to to get to the point of what i want to talk about which is social closeness as a way of of, of celebrating this feast of Christ's closeness to us, a lot of organizations, a lot of churches have been live streaming. But we've taken a fundamentally different approach during this time. We've been doing live streaming for 10 years, okay? So it's a little bit, a little bit old, old, old news. What we've been doing and what we're going to continue to do during this time is ramp up not just the number of educational programs and the number of live streams, but to use modern media as the church has called us to use it in the uh, call for a new evangelization, and that is to use modern media not as a way to remain socially distant, but to find ways in which to use it to remain socially close, okay? To engage in a deeper way. Look, live streaming, as I said, is okay, but it's not enough, okay? It's not enough. And I'll give you an example of this. I can stand here all day, and I can make nice food, and I can do all these things, and I can drink wine, and I can talk to you, and you can download all this information. But until I can say, you know, Bill, turn on your microphone right now. Bill,
3: okay. how's your RV? Oh, it's fine. It's, great. it's sitting there, though. When are,
1: you, when are you going to come visit me again? I have no clue when we're going to go do anything. <laughs> I <laughs> mean, when you get out of your thing, right? But you are going to come to Sacramento and visit, right? Oh, yeah, we will. We're going go right, to go back to Oregon, so we'll go up there. Bill, what are you having for dinner? Tonight, we had
3: shrimp and zucchini strips.
1: <laughs> All right. Now, guys, the reason I'm asking Bill these questions is, uh, is just as a little example. Maybe it's a bad example, but it's an example. <laughs> hey, look, unless we have a back and forth, unless uh, uh, there's, there, th- unless this goes on, we cannot have really a true a communion of persons. Do you see this? unless I am close to my neighbor, um, to my friend, I can't really draw closer to him, right? Socrates said this in his, in his Republic. He says, friends have to live together. He just says, right, just blanket statement. You don't live together, you can't be friends. And I'm gonna show you why this is true. What happens when a brother, a sister, a friend, well, you don't talk for like six months, Melanie, come on, Melanie Allard. What happens you don't talk you and i right sometimes we don't talk for a while and what happens you get on the phone what's the first question you 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 ask
2: how's it been going
1: yeah how's it going right you know how's the weather in denver and you're like it's cold i'm like really oh that's terrible do you like the surface level right right but when we're when we're when we're kind of living together when the conversation changes doesn't it you know, it starts to get deep. And then you start sharing things about yourself with me, and I share things about myself with you. And when that happens, the two become one. This is marriage, right? The two become one flesh. This is, this is an example of how God made our relationships so that we could come into a communion with him, and the two should become one flesh. The incarnation is not just for Jesus, my brothers and sisters. The incarnation happened because this is God's plan for all of us. To become united, totally one with him, so that the things of God become the things of, of us. And, and, to, and to prove that to us, he became one of us, so that he literally took our stuff to himself. Does that make sense? All right? So it has to be this communion of persons. And if this communion of persons breaks down, the devil wins, because we no longer manifest the glory of God. Okay? Okay. The work of the new evangelization is all about this, and every organization engaged in the new evangelization work is is, is supposed to at least be doing this. Okay, whether it be Catholic Answers, you know, Augustine Institute, uh, Bishop Barron, the, the, I'm gonna throw the ICC in there. <laughs> I like to throw them, we throw us in there, you know, like we're a bit, the big boys, you know. So, yeah, this is what we should be we should, we should be doing. The new evangelization is a matter of of restoring. Uh, a personal encounter with Jesus Christ and a personal encounter with one another as a way to renew our ecclesial community. Okay. The church realizes that the church realizes that with all of this modern media, that there's something breaking down and what's breaking down is a real communion of persons. And when that communion of persons breaks down, the church breaks down. Okay. Okay. I'm going to share with you a quote from Pope Benedict the, to, uh, to Catechist when he was Pope. He said this, without a doubt amending of our, the fabric of society is urgently needed in all parts of the world. But for this to come about, what is needed is to first remake the fabric of the church community itself. This is a power packed statement. Cause I want you to think about what fabric is So I'm not going to, we're having like it's all inclusive program tonight, you know? So Gretchen, Gretchen, you know what fabric is, right? Mm -hmm. How would you describe? Seriously, try to describe what fabric is.
2: Um, intricately woven pieces of thread.
1: Nice. I was worried because I'm like nobody even knows what fabric is anymore. I mean, (laughs) I buy the stuff from Amazon.com. We put it on our bodies and we never even think. Yeah, yeah, it's like this, right? It's all individual. Think father, son, and Holy Spirit. Individual right, pieces, and they're just so bound together that they become one thing, yes? I'm going to read you this quote again. This is a this quote is just dynamic. Without a doubt, amending of the fabric of society, of society, right? So he's saying there's a, a tear in society going on. There's an individualizing of people going on. It's urgently needed in all parts of the world. I think, that like, period. I don't need to explain that one, right? It, it, there's no doubt that's going on. Families broken apart. marriages broken apart. People distant from one another. So, so supposedly with with the stupid phone, you know, we're all so close to one another, but, but, but so sad. It's distancing, huh? Even in my church hall, I see these kids playing video games. I walk up. I says, you got the image and likeness of God sitting in front of you. You're looking at your stupid phone. Put it down and talk to your friend. You know, so there's a, a fabric of our society is torn apart. He says, but to, to remake the fabric of our society, we first had to remake the fabric of our church. Which is a confession of the reality of what's taking place. You know, I, I, I go to Mass on Sunday. And I, I, I did it. And I go home. And I don't know the person I sat next to. I barely know the priest. I might know his name. Sometimes not. The most I know, I'll handshake on the way out the door. If there's a coffee hour, I may attend it, but not really, because I don't really know anybody anyways, right? This is, now I'm not saying this is going on in all of our churches, but it's certainly a prevalent problem, and it's why Pope Benedict is saying what he's saying. I'm going to share with you a quotation from Father Lawrence Farley. who's an Orthodox priest. Beautiful insight, very simple, very simple, but very beautiful. He says this, First, one cannot consider oneself a part of the assembly, Unless one actually assembles, because that is what the word assembly means, membership in the ecclesia. Now he's drawing your name. You're 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 thinking, why is he talking about assembly? Because the word ecclesia means assembly. So what it means, the church. eh, 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 Sorry, that's the okay, Greek and the Latin and the English. Okay, ecclesia. The 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 ecclesial community, right? This is what Pope Benedict is talking about, the ecclesial community. Membership in the ecclesia of God, the assembly of God, is not like membership in the public library. I'm a member of the library and then I still have my library card and it does not expire. I may not have set foot in the library for years, but the card still works. It is otherwise with the church, the ecclesia, the assembly. If you didn't assemble on Sunday, then you're not part of the assembly. The name Christian is the term for one who assembles regularly to worship Christ. And one forfeits the right to use the name if one never assembles. Do you see? I'm going to bring Pope Benedict and, Fa- and Father Farley together here. There is a need to reassemble the fabric because it's looking a lot like this, okay? But to do that, we actually have to do this. The work of the new evangelization is a matter of doing this, and everything we do must be for that purpose, for the unity of the members of the body of Christ to be made one in him, and with one another. And this is why it's very dangerous right now what's taking place, okay? And I was talking with Linda so, so often during my preparation, I was like running downstairs. I said, honey, do you see what's going on? This is, we're, we're, we're live streaming our masses. And it's not that we're not trying, but do you see this is playing right into the game? Uh, not again, I'm not saying that there's not an effort being made and it's not a good effort. I'm not saying that. But we have to be very careful as an assembly that we're actually assembling because if we're not, then we're not. And if I am isolated from you on Sunday, whether it be on my living room couch or in the pew in my church, then we have a crisis in the church and that crisis must be solved. And that is exactly what Pope John Paul II and Pope Benedict and Pope Francis have called for. To solve this breaking apart of the fabric. Okay? I share all of this with you us us focus our attention on the importance of this coming together, this gathering together of our social closeness, so as to make the fabric of our church strong again. Pope Paul, John Paul II, let's do this. The new evangelization is not a matter of merely passing on doctrine, in other words, feeding stuff out one way, right? I could sit here and teach all day long blah, 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 about the Bible, about the. Blah, blah, blah. That's not the new evangelization. Just because I use modern forms of media, this is not the new evangelization. If I don't have, you know, Peggy, come on and interact and, and, and work, we're, we're sharing a life together, then i got a problem. The Institute does well to the extent that we do this. I'm not saying we do it perfectly. We don't. But we do well to the extent that we do this, to the extent that we don't, and we simply use this media to just push out information. This is not the new evangelist. It's not the, ch- the church's call. Listen to this. The new evangelist is not a matter of merely passing on doctrine, but rather a personal and profound meeting with the Savior, and with one another. This has to be the purpose of what we're doing in our churches inside and outside of the crisis. See, we don't want to answer the crisis with something that doesn't bring us to social closeness. Ultimately, this does take us beyond the question of the coronavirus. And it certainly impacts our response to the crisis as well. I was just speaking with a priest today. He just called me. I was speaking with him yesterday. He called me today because I, I made this point. I, I was preparing my notes like two hours ago. He called me. He's like, talk to me more about what you're saying. He calls me up. And, and, um, and we're talking. And, and I, says, I said, Father, you've you got to get off this idea that, that Facebook and YouTube are like your goal. Because your goal has to bring to hold your community together. And um, he says, but I've got like three or 4,000 people on my YouTube feed on Sunday morning. I dream of stuff like this. He said this. I'm not lying. He said this. Okay. And I says, and who are they, Father? Well, what do you mean? I said, who are they? Tell me their names. Well, I don't know. You know, I know they're on YouTube. Well, what's going on in their life? I said, what you're doing is good, but it's not enough. It's not good. We can do better as a church. We have to make sure that the use of modern media is for the ultimate purpose of the end of Christ, the purpose of the church, and is never contrary to it, okay? What, how do we gauge success, huh? Did I had 8,000 people on a, on a, on a YouTube feed? Christians do not, whatever, get, manage our success the way businesses do, okay? We don't. We are successful not because of the number of Facebook likes, the fa- number of YouTube feeds, the, number of the, the amount of money we brought in. Success is a matter of conversion of people into Christ. Till I can look and see, I, I, Anne Marie can say to me, it is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. Huh? I have died to my, to my selfishness. I'm talking me now, not Anne-Marie. I I died to my individualized life, and I've come alive to to the oneness of Christ. Do you see that? That's success. And if these modern forms of media can help us do that, then amen, to the extent that they don't, then out they go. Okay? I don't want them in my life, because the one goal of my life must be total incorporation, incorporation, incorporate the body, to be incorporated embodied one's a hand one is a foot one is an eye one is an ear into the living stones that build up the church that has to be our goal until we can grow up in every way into christ the eucharist is the the summit of our spiritual life the source and summit vatican two says doesn't it Okay, is the source and summit of our spiritual life. My brothers and sisters, as a church, we've completely forgotten about all of the mountain in between. John, am I right? Michelle, you she, she texted me, this morning. 28 crazy miles. I've never heard of something like that. I've been, I haven't probably walked 28 miles in like 28 days. So, <laughs> so why was I saying that? The Eucharist, source and summit, the mountain. You guys understand the mountain, right? Climbing up and down the mountain. You, what happens if you go climb up the mountain Okay or you try to get to the top of the mountain without without all of that that goes in between you couldn't do it you can't jump from the bottom to the top okay and you certainly can't do it sprinting all the way up the hill forgetting what's around you you can't there's a whole part of our spiritual life the church is unfortunately I don't say the church the church the county I'm saying as a church we've kind of forgotten the Eucharist is the, is the summit, but there's the whole mountain to climb up. And that, that climbing up is our, is our spiritual life, our living out of our faith, which flows down from the Eucharist and leads up to it, which is why the domestic church, the domestic church is the foundation upon which we climbed the mountain successfully. It's the, it's the foundation by which we come to the Eucharist successfully. If we got a problem with people coming to church wearing shorts and chewing bubble gum, it's because they didn't see this whole thing going on. They didn't, they didn't climb the mountain. They didn't realize the summit which they've achieved because there's no summit being given. They're coming as a sacrament factory and we're just happy to meet them there. I'm, I'm too often, I think right now in the midst of this crisis, too often, people are attending attending a live stream to fulfill a Sunday obligation instead of coming to the live stream to engage as best we possibly can. I'm not saying this is true everywhere. Not everybody, I'm not. I'm not saying that, but it's a danger. It's a danger. It's a. It's a. It's a. It's a. It's the wrong mentality. This time of the Paschal season is given to us in a special way, I think, this year during this COVID lockdown. So the Lord is, can, can, can just change evil into good, right? And make this time as time of total renewal for our church, a, to, a time in which we are forced to say the foundation is going to be strong. And the, the, and the social closeness I have with, with my spouse, with my family, with those I'm in contact with is going to grow even stronger because I need them. You don't go, go, nobody goes and climbs up the mountain alone, not, not a good mountain climber. Mount, good mountain climbers do not do it alone. They go as partners. And if you got a serious climb, you certainly need a partner. Am I right? I don't mountain climb, but I think that's right. Isn't it true? Like a hardcore mountain climber, Melanie's like, yeah, we're hardcore, Dan. Right, Melanie? Climbed Kilimanjaro, yeah. Kilimanjaro, yeah. You got to have a partner, and Uh, it's the same with climbing the mountain of God. You got to have a a whole partnership around you, carrying you up the mountain, helping you when you stub your spiritual toe. That's what our ecclesial community is all about. That's why the fabric has to be remade because we got to get to the top of the mountain again, and on the top of the mountain is the resurrected Lord, shining. But to do that, we have to have the full balance of our spiritual life in place. I'll leave one last thing about this modern commentary. I'm moving on. And it's this. I see a real danger in this flip-flopping between uh, uh, Bishop Barron, EWTN, the ICC, to somehow kind of fill the void with stuff. We don't need to fill the void with stuff. We just need the right stuff in the right place at the right time. Do you see? We We need a balanced spiritual life. We have both times of fasting and times for feasting. This is where I'm going to just kind of like, kind of push you guys. I might make you feel a little bit challenged tonight, a little uncomfortable. It's okay. We're having, we're having kebabs tonight. Now, look, guys, this is part of the experience. That's a kebab. You know what I mean? That's for Christians. So, you know, you know what, when you want to have a party, it's more than just ha- we're going to have a celebration, you're going to have all aspects in place. This is a party kebab. You know what I mean? When I have, when I have just my, my family, you know, whatever, we're not really having a party, but we're just having kebabs, this is fine. But this isn't for Pascha. Easter? Jesus rose from the dead. You know what I mean? That's for the ball game, okay? But that's a pasta skewer. You can go get one of those, by the way, at your local Middle Eastern market, and, and away you go. So I'm going to put those in, a uh, couple of those. And by the way, your skewers, when you get them, get a nice skewer. Soak them in water. Have a little tab on the end of it. Don't get the little cheap, cheap, cheap Walmart version. It doesn't work. They burn through, and they're gonna fall apart on you. All right. Now, a balanced spiritual life, along with the kebabs. All right. We need times for fasting, and times for feasting. Times of repentance, but times for joy in the love God has given us to forgive us of our sins. Yes. If we don't have both of those things in place, our, our balance of our spiritual life is going to get off, right? We're going to fall off the mountain. You've got to be balanced in this, both times for fasting and times for feasting. And this is, this is kind of the heart of what I want to talk with you guys about tonight. You know, I, I, I think it's just all too often we're really good as, as Catholics as re, at repentance, right? At Lent, Lent we're really good at Lent, or at least we used to be. But we're, even so, this is a Catholic spirit about Lent, you know? Yeah, you got you to gotta really fast and you got to like the, pour the ashes on and tear your clothes and sackcloth and the whole bit, you know? I'm really good at that. And I was thinking about this. This is way beyond my talk. It like needs a social commentary on America Catholics today. But why is that? Why are we really, when it comes to feasting, we're like, eh. You know how many times I've been called to be on a radio show or do a newspaper interview on the Byzantine fast? Every single Lent, at least once, sometimes twice or three times, by a national newspaper. Father Hezekiah, can you tell us about that really hardcore fast? Because we want to hear about it. I mean, that's really juicy stuff. I mean, you don't eat meat all during Lent. Wine, or, oh, this is terrible. Everybody's, oh, this is great. That's the old timey fast. They don't want to hear about it. Do you know how many times I've been called to talk about feasting during Pascha, during Easter? Zero. In 44 years, No one was interested. Okay, we got a problem of an imbalance in our church. An imbalance that says it's all about fasting and repentance. I think it's more of a private issue. You know, it's it's easy. It's a little easier to do the private, like you know, repentance business than to like go out in the street waving you know the Jesus palm branch. I know it's not easy for a lot of people, but but there's 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 something going on there. Okay, and we're we're getting ourselves a little bit uh imbalanced i think we need to regain go, regain both in our church or serious fasting times of preparation for feasts and not just lent but all the feasts serious times of, of fasting and then serious times of feasting both if you're going to talk to me about an obligation to fast on good friday then you better talk to me about an obligation to feast on Pascha. okay i'm not going to hear one one without the other and i never heard that I have an obligation to drink wine on, on Easter, seriously, and eat meat and cheese and eggs and chocolate. Like I'm obliged to do it? Well, if you're a Christian, you know, no, okay, I don't want to go too far with it, but you, you see what I'm saying? It's going to be balanced. And if it's not balanced, it's imbalanced. The Christians aren't imbalanced because we're balanced in Jesus Christ. Yes? So we got to regain the balance, okay? So, we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit and go very practical now for the next 25 minutes. Fast-paced, power through it. That was my long-winded introduction. I'm going to have a little sip of wine. I hope you'll do the same. Christ is risen. Indeed he is risen. Thank you. And that's the first thing I'm going to say. We have an invitation right now to 40 days of feasting. And we better feast. And if you haven't been feasting for the last week, then it's time to get on the Jesus bus. Really. I'm serious about that. You better make a serious, did you make a plan for, for, for Lent? Did you make a plan for Lent? Melanie Ryland, did you make a plan for Lent? I hope you did. Then you better have a plan for, for Easter.
2: Oh, trust me, we planned a week in advance.
1: Good. We got to know what meat we're eating. We'll know what kind of songs we're playing, the dances we're having, the friends we're having over. Obviously, during this time, that's a little difficult. Nevertheless, a good plan to balance out Lent with pasca so that we can be a holistic people healthy running our spiritual 28 miles yes every day all right so the first thing real quick is how we greet one another as christians uh you know on easter sunday i can get away with it okay i'll walk down the street this is what i like to do this during the easter season and you can borrow this by the way no charge on this one all right i won't charge you anything you say happy easter most people are going to say back to you happy easter right All right. Then you say, Christ is risen. And most of you are like, see, they just agreed. They just agreed with you, right? Happy Easter. They agree. Happy Easter. It's a way of saying yes. And then you say, you know what you just said yes to? That Jesus is risen from the dead. Hallelujah. Okay? Now we're in agreement about the truth of what Easter is. not about Easter bunnies laying eggs and other stuff and nonsense, okay? The real reason, Okay? Uh, so there's there's a very quick one. Either Happy Easter or in the Byzantine tradition, we have a practice of saying, "Melanie, take yourself off a of mute. You gotta leave yourself off of mute." We say, "Christ is risen," and you say, "Indeed, he is risen." Christ is risen, and you say, "Indeed, he is risen." Come on, everybody! Come on, John, Michelle, Melanie, Tom, man. Christ is risen, and you say, "Indeed, he is risen." Good. Christ is risen. Indeed, Indeed he is risen. Christ is risen he is yeah. risen. Hey, now listen emails phone calls uh however whatever you do uh, i wrote them down Commun- whatever communications you're doing the first thing you say is not hello or good morning the first thing you say is christ is risen or if you want to say happy easter all during this season now you're going to get some strange looks i walk down the street every morning my cup of coffee these ladies walk and every single day i say christ is really i say happy easter and then they kind of by this time you know they're like what <laughs> easter's over with i say no christ is risen for 40 days it's easter i said this to them this morning these beautiful ladies are out here they're all walking you know and uh six feet from each other of course and they're and that christ and a happy easter they're looking at me and i'm saying you it's it's easter season all the way to ascension do you see this is our time to be evangelical don't you dare talk to anybody during this time without starting with happy easter christ is risen some way to proclaim the truth of who you are what you believe for the other person okay now you're gonna feel uncomfortable. They're gonna think you're weird, but that's okay. I've been—they've been thinking I'm weird for 44 years, and I'm—I'm I'm still alive. Okay. Now we're gonna do a little practicum because it's not just a matter of greeting our neighbors; it's a matter of living. We gotta live the faith. Okay. And just as you make Lent like incarnate by your fasting and by your kneeling down and by all that stuff, we got we gotta do the same. Okay. So there's a couple practical things I want to talk to you guys about 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 feasting. If any one of these things makes you uncomfortable, I'm gonna say. Brothers and sisters, it's been robbed from us. we got to take it back. And that is a matter of singing. It's a matter of dancing. It's a matter of eating. And it's a matter of praying. Okay? So we're going to talk about these four things really quick together because this is going to inform what the Institute is doing in our special COVID programs, okay, of our programs we have coming up, in which we're going to be doing this together. Look at that. That's gorgeous. Oh, look at that. Is that beautiful? That's nice. We're going to be doing this all during this Paschal season. All these programs we have planned uh, together, we're going to be doing this together. Okay, guys, every program we have coming up is not a normally scheduled institute program. We're going to be cooking together, dancing together, living together, studying together. We're going to be living together because, hey, we got to draw close together. Otherwise, we just blew our mission right out of the water. We're going to find a way to be spiritually and socially close together. Okay. A little bit of salt and then it'll be nice and tasty. Okay. So the first thing I want to talk about is singing. What is it? St. Uh, St. Jerome, right? St. Augustine, St. Jerome prays twice. He sings. You pray twice. Augustine, you sing, you pray twice. Why? Because when you sing, you open your heart up. You know, you make yourself vulnerable. Isn't that true about dancing? You make yourself vulnerable it it, is true about about singing you make yourself vulnerable when you do that you open up and god can come inside you know there's something there's something like divine about dancing isn't there something divine about singing but you see we're the only ones christians have a reason to actually have a celebration where you would dance and sing everything else is nonsense so my secular parties look so stupid like gyrating bodies they have nothing to celebrate but themselves but we actually have something to celebrate because Jesus rose from the dead and is saving us. And we're going to be able to live forever with him in paradise with one another. So we have every reason to celebrate. So if the Christians don't sing anymore and don't dance anymore, we got a major problem on our hands. So we're going to start singing together. I'm going to teach you a little bit of singing over the next few weeks together. But right now we're actually going to do a couple of things right now with Melanie Ryland and her wonderful family over there. Melanie, take yourself off a of mute. If you guys um, don't have the handout tonight, we've got it here, and I'm turning it over to you, Melanie. This okay. is a beautiful hymn that we we sing together uh, for this season, mm-hmm. so we got to know it.
2: So just to briefly place it in context, the Regina Chaley is an antiphon that has been part of the tradition of the church since the 12th century, and it started in the lit- Liturgy of the Hours, and then eventually, um, over time, replaced the Angelus from Easter until Pentecost. On to how to sing it or, you know, good ways to learn it, you can, I always find it helpful to read through the text before I sing something that's in Latin, and uh, don't be daunted by the fact that it's in Latin because um, uh, Latin is a phonetic language, so if you read it um, like it, or if you say it like it reads in English, then you'll be fine. You also don't need to learn, sorry, you don't need to know how to read music to sing it because with um, plain chant, you can just follow the, the line of the notes with your voice. To start off, um, we could all read it together. Regina Cheli Leitare Alleluia. Quia meruisti portare, Alleluia.
0: Resurrecti
2: sicut Dixit, Alleluia. Ora pro Nobis Deum, Alleluia. Just to get an idea or a, a better grasp of the text, Regina Cheli is queen of heaven, and you can associate Regina with either a na- someone you know whose name is Regina or the Salve Regina. And this um, is the relative of king; it's the it's queen in in Latin. So the queen of heaven, um, Cheli being heaven, from which word we get celestial. And then Latari is the is the imperative form in Latin to rejoice, so so um, so Queen of Heaven rejoice, Alleluia, Alleluia being a Hebrew word, an exhortation meaning to praise God. Moving on to the next stanza, Quia quem meruisti portare, Alleluia. Since sorry, quem refers to God, so you who who merited meruisti to to bear portare, Alleluia. Um and you can see that we actually have many English words from all of these Merisi, merit portare you know portable um, resurre in, in Latin very often in Latin very often the the person is contained in the word itself in the ending so this eat at the end refers to he, to Christ he 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 rose siit uh, as was said, and within this deep seat, it, there's actually quite a lot contained because it's referring both to the Old Testament as, like, as in the prophets and to, to what Christ said would happen prior to his, his um, death and resurrection. And then finally, ora pro nobis deum, ora is a command, also a command um, to pray for us, pro nobis, um, pray for us to God, hallelujah. So at the beginning, it's more of like a, uh, you know, we're, we're, it's a prayer from the people to Christ, or sorry, to, to the Queen of Heaven, to, to our mother. And also, random fact, apparently, well, the legend has it that the song was given to Gregory the Great by an angel, and then he added the or Pro Nobis Deum, bit at the end. Anyway, so to sing it, I'll sing it first, once through, and then we can all sing it together. Regina chevi letare, alleluia, quia, isti portare, alleluia, resurrect seed, seed, alleluia, ora pro nobis deum, alleluia. So that's it. Pretty, good. and then if, if you would like to join along, we can sing it all again. Go ahead and sing, Now
1: you've heard sing it, all, sing it. Right. Let's all try to sing it together. Okay, mm-hmm. go ahead, Melanie.
2: Mm-hmm. Regina Celi, pletare, alleluia. Quia quem meru isti potare, alleluia. Resurrect sit, sicutix alleluia. pro nobis alleluia.
1: Thank you, Melanie. You're welcome. So, guys, listen, this is a hymn. If you don't know this, you, this has been robbed from you. Okay? <laughs> you must regain this. This should be on your like You wake up in the morning. This is what's on your name. Make this your prayer. Come okay, I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in a minute. But you got to hold on to this. as a regular part. You need to get music stuck in your head. Get that nonsense A C D C out of your head and get the right stuff in there. You know what I mean? You should be skipping along the path singing Regina Chaley. It's a beautiful hymn, and we're gonna put an MP4 of me singing it. Because if you think I can't sing because I don't have a nice voice, come on, how many of you raise your hand if you think you can't sing because you don't have a nice voice? Okay, John, you're wrong. God gave you the voice and you gotta work on it. It's an instrument. I'm serious about this. You know how you exercise? I couldn't sing. I couldn't I still can't sing. But but I couldn't sing. And then God like hit me over the head and made me a Byzantine priest. I mean, Regina Chele Tade. Look at the notes because you're just following those notes. Let your voice have glide along those notes. And you don't have to know that that's an, you know, A, B, C, D, Z. I couldn't tell you what it's
3: like.
1: Regina Celi, leitare,
3: alleluia. Qui a
1: is portare, alleluia. Okay, listen, we're going to put an MP4. You're going to practice this. Get, just it, it, it just get stuck in your head. What else can I say? All right? There's no, one other hymn we're going to teach you tonight. Because, look, when God rises from the dead, when Jesus walks out of the tomb, you can't just speak. you got to sing. So, look, common speech isn't, is not going to work anymore. Do you see? He rose from the dead. And life has been changed forever and ever. So you can't just talk anymore. we got to sing our words. Melanie Allard, come on. Here we go. We got one more in this handout, and also we're going to share it on the screen.
2: Okay, Abuna. But can I say something about the Regina Chaley? Because that actually, when I was in RCIA, you probably don't remember this, but you um, encouraged me to learn the Regina Chaley. And that was the first Latin hymn I learned as a Catholic. I'd been in choirs sung a lot of Latin, but that was the first time I'd done that. So it's very special. Thank you, Melanie doing that i haven't researched this like melanie did who was able to give you this whole exposition on the rich daily but this is the eastern the byzantine uh version abuna do you have anything to say about it or should i just go ahead and no cut?
1: i just think it's another example of a beautiful hymn with an tradition that's short memorizable and that yeah. you can learn that's all yeah yeah the only thing i have to say is that my skewer's done now can i just talk about meat for a second 500 degrees, as hot as you can get it. That's how you cook your steak. Don't be cooking your steak on like 250 degrees. it got gray and disgusting. You know what I mean? And you want to marinate it nice. At the end, a little salt. You, know, you don't want to oversalt your meat, but you know that when you cook with salt, it kind of disappears. But at the end, if you put a little salt on, just a little bit, then all that flavor comes out. So you don't need your salt early. You can put it on late, okay, if you're worried about that. Don't overcook your meat. It's going to feel a little red inside. You know what I mean? A little bit mooy inside. You don't have to be dead. We're a people of the resurrection and it should be grilled up nice with the little grill mark, nice like that, hot. And then you're good to go, off you go. And, uh, you know, 125, you tell a mem- temperature thermometer or you can press on the meat to see it, but you know, cook and eat for God's sake. Go ahead, Millie.
2: <laughs> okay, similar to meat, you should use some gusto with your singing. So I'll go through this once slowly. All right. Christ is risen from the dead, Trampling down death by death, And on those in the tombs bestowing life. I was going kind of slow. Yeah, I'm... a little
1: bit high, too. Can you bring your note down? Because I can't get up to the heaven with Shaylee, you know what I mean? Oh, really?
2: <laughs> All right. Everybody with me. Ready? Yeah. Christ is risen from the dead, Tramping down death by death, And on those in life,
1: Thank you, Melanie. We got an MP4 we're going to also put on the page here. And look at this. Our family, this is what we sing because we're busy. This is what we sing all the time. But you guys should be doing this breakfast, lunch, and dinner, okay, when you bless your food. Regina, Chaley, Christ, I don't care what you sing, but sing something for God's sake, okay, and something nice, okay? So watch this. I got Come here. Come here. Watch this. Look at this. beautiful. Okay, here we go. Go ahead.
2: Christ
1: is
2: risen from the
3: dead,
2: trampling
3: down, dead by death, and on those in the tombs bestowing life.
2: How many
1: times do we sing that during the day?
2: Oh, I don't
1: know. I don't know. How many times? What do you think? Carlino? Well, yeah, yeah, probably 10, 10, 15 times a day. That's good. It keeps the bones strong, you know? Sing it three times before meal, three times after. It's like your vitamins. You got to do that, okay? So there you go. A couple of uh, songs for you guys. Why? During the resurrection? Because common speech not going to work. Jesus rose from the dead, and we got to rejoice together. And it, I'm going to see somebody saying this, 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 is, is this terrible thing. You can't sing. Oh, my voice is bad. Word it. How is it, how is it that for generations upon generations, our forefathers sang? They sang in the kitchen, they sang in the farm, they sing everywhere. You know why we can't sing anymore is because we don't sing. We stick the stupid cassette in the thing and we listen to somebody else singing. You know what I mean? Sing. And you know what you're going to do? You're going to open your heart. You're going to kind of embarrass yourself a little bit. And that's okay before God and before your spouse and your family. Sing. And if you need a little help, you got the stupid phone. At least it's good for something. Hit play and you can sing along with it until you can set the music down, the volume down, 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 and down until you're off on your own. And trust me, God gave you a voice and you can sing. Okay? You can do this. All right. Say, Father. Yes, Bill.
3: Hey, I was going to tell you, I sing this song every morning when I walk my dog. He wags his tail, so I must sing pretty good <laughs> after, the, after the Holy Land pilgrimage.
1: If you're uncertain about your thing, you sing in front of your dog. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. Dancing, guys. Well, you can't just walk, you know what I mean? Imagine this. You're walking along, and Jesus appears to you like he appeared to the women. Now, let me ask you a question. Ooh, really? Jesus, like, appears in the flesh— on Pascha, on the day of the resurrection to you do you what, what are you gonna do afterwards peggy seriously you'd be like "Well, oh, that's heavy duty stuff And then you just kind of continue your coffee your walk no i mean they went running skipping dancing you're yelling, you like, Christ, he's risen. And they all thought they were crazy, right? They come bursting in the upper room. He was risen from the dead. And like, they don't believe it because these women are crazy. You know, you can't, you can't walk anymore. You can't just talk anymore. We are a people of the risen Lord. You got to skip and dance and sing. So here's what we're going to do for you, okay? Melanie found a couple of little tutorials. There are two tutorials a polka and a waltz
2: yes it's already up there on the website so under the keeping feast event if you go to the resources in the classroom under resources there will so be i'm
1: going cha- to challenge you guys because we have a lot of talks coming up that we've scheduled that i'm going to share with you in just a minute and we're going to be doing some some dancing together we are going to be doing some singing and some drinking wine and eating Okay. I'm going to give you some recipes. You're going to get some food and we're going to cook together. It's not going to be father has guys cooking anymore. We're doing, we're getting together. It's like a family here. Okay. And, and if you haven't danced with your spouse in a while, well, guess what guys, you're going to dance with your bride again, you know, and if you're living alone, it's okay because I learned how to dance the waltz in my shower i was so embarrassed at 20 my daughter's laugh. my daughter's laughing at me i was so embarrassed at 22 years old i found this great band down at this at this restaurant in carmel valley where i would like to go after i was done with my landscaping work because i owned a nursery and i was a landscaper you know so i would go down there in this great band called the Keshawa playboys i'm gonna play some Keshawa playboys for you guys in our three-part series coming up a lot of fun and I just, like, I wanted to dance to these guys. They, were, they, they played Zydeco, which is Louisiana bluegrass. Zydeco music. And you know, I, was like, I was, like, coming out of my skin. I wanted to dance. I know what to do. I just knew how to gyrate. That was all I knew. And they were playing, like, waltzes and things like that. And I'm like, wow. So I went home, and I got in my shower. And every morning, I would waltz in my shower by myself, okay? <laughs> you guys think I'm crazy. But, you know, I got made, like, confessing to you guys. So, you know, waltzing together. And polka. The polka. Do you know? I decided to marry my wife when she polked with me at my brother's wedding. She was there as a friend, and she polked. We polked all the way around the whole room. Everybody else is gyrating in the middle of the floor, and we're polking around the whole place. It was cosmic. I said, That's it. I'm gonna marry her. Okay. So you gotta do this. So so we're gonna attach for you this thing. Melanie found a little instruction on polka and waltzing. It's not the only dances, of course, guys, but it. If you haven't polkaed and waltzed, I don't know. you know are we Christians anymore? Really? we've gotta feast. So I'm going to encourage you to do that, okay? And when the coming talks come, then I'm going to give the next week the three the three part series, we're going to do a little bit of that as a practicum once you've had a chance to practice, okay? now, the third thing I want to talk with you about is eating. Why eating? Because I'm Sicilian, you know and I, and I like to eat, you know. So, so no, the reason I want to talk to you about eating is because God wants to talk to you about eating. Because in the Garden of Eden, God planted a tree in the midst of the garden. And from that tree grew the fruit called it the Tree of Life. And if Adam and Eve were to eat from the Tree of Life, they would live forever. There's another tree, the Tree of Knowledge, which God says not now, right? If you eat of it, you're going to die. But if you eat of the Tree of Life, you're going to live forever. You see that God made us. He made you in His image and likeness. He made you for paradise. He made you to eat and through eating to receive life. The eating is a sacred act. I'm serious. I know I have a lot of fun with it. I have a lot of fun with it because I, I just am so excited about the resurrection. I mean, Jesus is returning us to paradise. You know why? Come on, seriously. How did Jesus appear to Mary Magdalene in the garden? Okay. How did Jesus appear to Mary Peggy? Do you know how Jesus when Mary Magdalene saw him, how did she see him? As a gardener?: There you go. Thank you, Anne. <laughs> Anne-Marie. Do you think it's an accident that Jesus appeared on the day of the resurrection, doing the very thing that Adam and Eve were meant to do in paradise, tilling and keeping his garden? It's not an accident. Do you think it's an accident that in the church, which is the restoration of all things, a restoration of paradise itself, in the midst of the church stands the tree of the cross from which we eat and live forever? The church and the Eucharistic the Eucharistic mysteries are, are a restoration of God's original plan for us. Eating is a sacred act. And if we approach it as a sacred act, reconnecting it, to God. This is why during the fast this dislocation is solved, right? We reattached all the good things of created order back to God during the fast so that we can receive them all back during the feast, reconnected to their source. This is why it's 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 almost diabolical to fast without feasting. You see, it's 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 you can't do that. Once everything is reattached then you can receive back the gift of God's life through holy communion, of course, but the the eucharistic sacrifice is a is the seed by which the entire created order is divinized and brought back to its proper relationship and filled again with the life of god we have to eat again this way i always eat pork on Pascha, on easter you always eat pork because you're freed from the curse of the law you know we can eat pork again thank god so this isn't this the day you're going to eat pork always got to eat pork on pasca sausage pork this way pork that way we're, we're free as Christians from the law. So this is what I always do, and you have to have a plan for that. Whether it's Mexican food on Our Lady of Guadalupe or bread on St. Joseph's Day, I don't care what it is. got to have an excuse to eat and to eat good food, okay, so that you can reattach the created things of this world to their source, okay? Now, we're getting towards the end of our time together. I want to mention one last thing, and that is praying. Our praying must change, our praying looks a certain way during Lent. It better not look that way after Lent is done. Can, you see what I'm saying? You can't it, your communication with God before before the cross and the resurrection is one way. It better f- do a big old flip because Jesus rose from the dead. Yes? It has to. It has to look different. Our prayer in our homes mm-hmm. must be vibrant and filled with life. Those two hymns that these ladies shared with you. I want you to practice that. We're going to give you those resources in our, in, our, in our page and to practice that. And I'm serious about that. We should be singing our prayers at home. Okay. How do you sing your prayer? Where's my Bible? I'm going to open up to the book of Psalms. Okay. I don't, uh, you know, wherever you want to be. Psalm 35. Okay. Contend, O Lord, with those who contend with me, fight against those who fight against me. That take hold of the shield and buckler and rise for my help i mean there's a beautiful that's the resurrection stuff you know you're going out into battle so but listen singing opens up the heart does it not then we should we should be singing our prayers and so listen there's something called rectotono this is like really basic some people are like this is really stupid father Hezekiah, we know what rectotono <laughs> means but some people don't rectotono is like speaking but singing one note okay Take your window, whatever you want. I'm going to go to Psalm 1. Watch this. I could sing Psalm 1 like all fancy, or I can just go right down the middle of the road. Watch this rectitone. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by the streams of water. Do you see this? I'm just talking with each one of you about how to sing while we're doing the Psalms and doing our prayers. You can do this anyway with the Our Father, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You can do it when you call your neighbor. Hi, Tom and Anne-Marie McNew, how are you doing? It's the time of the resurrection. And once you get comfortable with this one note, then you can venture into unknown territories like going up one note or down one note. Blessed is the man who walks in the counsel of the wicked who walks not in the counsel of the wicked nor stands in the way of sinners nor sits in the seat of scoffers i'm going to go up one note but his delight see that you went up one note and down one note you know who taught me that my friend melanie allard she taught me how to actually open my voice and sing so we got to sing our prayers right because during the time of the resurrection and those two hymns, my brothers and sisters, you get those so drilled into your head that you don't need a piece of paper. Okay? Regina le Tare, Alleluia, Quia Quamaruisti I don't have an I don't have any she anything in front of me. I haven't sung that hymn in probably 10 years because I'm Byzantine, but I did know it once and I got so drilled into my head I can't get it out. Do you see that? Get it in your head. And then you're going to be singing together for your prayers during this time of the resurrection. Okay. That's it for me tonight. All right. We have any questions, thoughts, insights, guys?
2: What do you think? Yeah, we have some questions coming in. Um, Father, Marianne is wondering whether you, your family sings your prayers before meals. Always.
1: all Not just during Pascha. Always. Simple, basic proclamations of the good news of Jesus Christ. You know, so when we when it d- depends on the time of the year. Is it the time of the of the of the Holy Cross? Uh, for if it's the season of the Holy Cross, okay, blessed is our God at all times both now, and ever, and unto ages of ages! Amen! O oh, oh Lord,
3: save your people, and bless your inheritance! Grand victory to our country over its enemies, and preserve your community! By, by the power, power
1: of, of your cross, and then you bless the food you know, you do your prayer, or uh time of the baptism of the Lord, okay? At your baptism in the Jordan O oh Lord, and so forth. Okay, it's gonna go on, it's a hymn, we know it, okay, fine, or the resurrection, or christmas, okay. You know, you gotta know that you gotta know these things so that you can you can easily grab hold of them. Choose some basic hymns that you know, you know, memorize them and make them part of your spiritual life at home. So that when you come to church, you can engage fully in what's going on. You know, honestly, you should ask your pastor when everything goes normal again, ask him, we want to know on Monday, what hymns we're going to be singing on Sunday. So that when we (laughs) sing them, when we come to church, we can put the stupid hymnal down. Any other questions, Kelsey?
2: Yeah, here's an intriguing one. Someone is writing it anonymously, but they're wondering where is the line drawn between feasting and gluttony?
1: Oh, the line is drawn at Christ. You know, the problem with gluttony is eating food detached from God. That's the big problem with gluttony. When I eat food in a selfish way, there's a difference, right? The, the, sin is selfishness. That's it. The selfishness is a foundation of sin. It is, it is, it is always a me-firstness. I eat for me. That's gluttony. I don't care whether you ate a, 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 you know, a, a grain of rice or you ate you know 15 bowls of, I don't know, Vietnamese soup. I love Vietnamese soup. But if it's this, if it's, if it's life-giving, if it's always connected to Jesus Christ then, then, we're gonna, we're gonna, then the, the, the problem of the sin, which is this, is going to go away. It's when I eat apart from God that my eating becomes sin. That's what the problem with Adam and Eve. They ate apart from the Lord as the giver of all good things. If they had eaten with him, then they would have received the gift of life, but instead they fell into, into death. Detachment from from their source of life—that's the fundamental problem. That's what gluttony is, and why it has an excess the way it does. And there's no end to selfishness once I start feeding it, and it's not your food. It's pornography. It's it's entertainment. It's it's, it's it, whatever it is. It's this movement. that's the problem that that has no end, because be, and why does it have no end? Because I am made for. Total fulfillment in the eternal God, the infinite God, and I will never be satisfied until I, until I encounter him. And I will keep eating and eating and eating and eating and consuming and all of this in this material world, and I will never find satisfaction there. I found that in my own life, whether it be in our sexual appetites or our other appetites, there's never an end because at the end of the day, I'm not satisfied. And I won't be satisfied until... I, my heart rests in him. Thank you, St. Augustine. Sing, my brothers and sisters. Sing, and it will save your soul. Dance, and it will save your soul. Okay? We're going to conclude in prayer. <laughs> Blessed is our God at all
3: times, both now and ever, and unto ages of ages. Ah, Christ is risen from the dead, dead. trampling death by death. And on those, if the truth's bestowing life, Christ is risen from the dead, trampling down dead by death. And on those in the Be bestowing life, Christ is risen from the dead, trampling down death by death. And those in the toes,
1: Christ is risen.
2: Indeed, Indeed is risen.
1: Shout it from the root top because if you don't, the stones are going to cry out that Christ <laughs> is risen from the dead. And you better be a living stone in the church of Jesus Christ. May God bless you this evening.
0: Pray for us.